back to the Mailing Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Shiver, coming to you live from the Spooky Lodge in Austin, Texas. Sally is out today, unfortunately, but filling in for her is Brett Scariman. What's up, Brett? Might be my favorite nickname I've ever had, Brett Scary. It's pretty damn good. It's, it's pretty I'm kind of jealous of it. This is also, I think, the first time we've had this mail-in crew. You know, the mail-in is a lot of different things at a lot of different points, but to have me, you, and Will on this? A I lot think- of rotating people in these seats. You're right. Usually it's, it's Dave in that seat when you're filling in. Yeah. Okay, but, so I'm excited about this one. All right. Just the squad's in the building. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. The, the studio looks spooky as heck. Man. You did I love a, it. a good job. Well... Well, Randy did a lot of the uh, actual hanging of said decorations, but Parks and I, we, we went off. Randy's kind of handy. City. He is. That's what they call he's him. Not, he's not awful to have around. The, uh, the what, do you call, what, do you, what do we call that room? The game room? The, uh, the media room? The what's other like room. A lo- what's a logy term? The loft? Uh, he went off in there, too. He did a good <laughs> job. Um, also here is Will. What's up, Will? Mr. Perfect Game himself. Glad to be here, no, as you always. Got, you got trash in the first inning last time. I, you can't take away my one perfect game, though. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Fair point. How's it going, man? No one took away David Cones. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> it's true. Is he the most unathletic person to ever throw a perfect game? Are you thinking of David Wells? Yes, I am. Okay. Cone looks pretty un- unimpressive, though. He's a tiny man. Uh, he's not. He's tall. Yeah. He's probably 6'2". I think I, I might have the Dan complex there when I think that he's just <laughs> much smaller than he is. Man, we're crushing this. We're crushing the Yankees' uh, perfect game pitchers. Oh, yeah. Did uh, – I don't think Pettit ever threw one. Not Definitely not a perfect game. I'm thinking no hitters, though. I don't think Clemens ever got one. I'm thinking, like, early 2000s perfect. Yankees. <sighs> not too many perfect games are thrown. David no. Cohn listed it. You ready for this? Yeah. Six feet tall. Oh, really? Not a big guy. Not that big. Okay. Not that big. Uh, we have a fun podcast today. A lot of fun questions. We have one heavy one. Okay. But uh, okay. we got to answer those two. So Always. Before we get to the questions, we have a hotline number. It is 888-362-MAIL. That's M-A-I-L. 888-362-6245. You can also write in if you would prefer. There's a link in the Twitter bio, at Mail and Podcast. Any topic you want is on the table. If it's... Uh, Interesting enough, funny enough, relatable enough. We're going to talk about it. That's just how it goes. What are you smirking about, bitch? Thinking about how good I feel going into this first question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, we have six questions today, plus I think Brett might throw a bonus one on the end. I've got two. Three of which are voicemails. The first one is an email, however. Let's jump right in. All right, let's do this. Hey, mail and crew, I'm getting married this Saturday and was wondering if I get a, get your help with something. Based on your experience... What is the groom's responsibility for toast at a rehearsal dinner? I've been to two rehearsal dinners. In both instances, the groom gave a somewhat emotional toast thanking his friends, family, and bride. Is this normal? I've looked on the internet in our wedding etiquette book and can't seem to get a consistent answer. Your help is much appreciated. The fact that this guy, uh, he kind of knows that he's supposed to do it already. But the fact that he's asking us, to me, it tells me he's really nervous about this. He don't want to do it. He wants us to say you don't have to do it. Um, You don't have to do it. You need to do it. And the groom's toast is usually, in my experience, not not super long and drawn out. Um, just a quick thank you, everybody, for being here. you got to thank the people who actually paid for the rehearsal dinner, which is usually your parents. Um, and if you wanted to say so like a quick, nice thing about your bride-to-be, that's always a good idea. That's what I did, I think. I think mm-hmm. I just thanked everyone for being there. 
I told a quick story about how I met Dallas, um, and that was it. I think it was probably two or three minutes. That was it. Um, you got to say something though. Yeah, of course, of course. And I think I, you know, I haven't been a groom yet, like y'all have. But uh, both weddings that I've been to, or I guess three or four rehearsal dinners now, the groom is. It's. I don't even think I've ever considered it a groom's toast. It's just been more of like a, yeah. a, a thank you. Yeah. In a way. Um, so yeah, you you have to do something. Don't and and don't rehearse it. I hate. I hate rehearsed, like, bullet point wedding speeches. Just go off the cuff and, and try to nail it. I don't like – I know what you're saying. However, counterpoint, I don't like speaking in front of people. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I know exactly what I'm going to say, and, I, and I've gone over it in my head 20 times, I feel much more confident in my delivery. Okay. You know what I mean? So if I'm just kind of winging it mm-hmm. – uh, I'll, I'll trip over my words. I'll get nervous. I'll start. My hands will shake a little bit. But if I know what I'm going to say, because I've gone over it and I wrote it down, it's going to be a better delivery. Let me let me rephrase. I mean, don't read something like yeah. off your phone. Like, yeah. The moment I met so and so, and like the inflection is like you're reading a, an essay. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do that. I, I'm like, come on, be better than that. I first met Sarah at Sorority Rush <laughs> in 2001. Bride. Some would say speeches. That- are the worst thing ever. Yeah, they all—they're all exactly like Will just said. Mm-hmm. Like no one cares how you guys met. Like you just, come on, no, no one cares. And the and the inflection when they read she's it like off. A, of she's phone. like a sister to me. <laughs> she's like a oh, sister to me. Sorry, I don't mean to, me. to make fun, but maybe I do. No, it's just funny because yeah. it's so stereotypical. Yeah, it is. It really go from the heart. Just and make it short. Three bullet points. Get in. Get out. The rehearsal dinner at least is a smaller audience too. You yeah. don't want to do this at the actual ser- or the actual. Um, what do you call the damn thing? The reception? Reception. God. <laughs> you don't want to do it at the reception because, you know, you're t- we're talking m- many more people sitting there. Right. And, and most of, of which don't care about what you have to say, honestly. But the rehearsal dinner, it's it's family and it's close friends. It's intimate. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be an easier, an easier, I'm not going to call it a speech. It's just like a, a toast, like a mm-hmm. th- thank you. It's a you. toast. Yeah. That's don't. what, at, at my wedding, I mean, you were there, Dylan. You remember. I just did a very brief toast, I guess. Yeah. To lead things off on the night, I didn't want to take too much time because it's not traditional to, for the groom to speak during the actual reception, but we didn't have a rehearsal dinner. Yeah. But I didn't plan anything, and I yeah. think that was probably obvious to people, but at the same time, I didn't want to overthink it. The last thing I needed on my plate that day was more stress, so I was just like, yeah. you know what? I'm going to go up, say what I want to say. I talk into a mic for a living. I'll figure it out. Yeah. I got a better resume for this than most people do, mm-hmm. and even though I didn't say anything truly memorable or that good, I just made it quick. Tried to be heartfelt. I did get a little choked up, and I, I don't know. But I think in terms of doing in terms of doing it, every single rehearsal dinner I've been to where the the groom speaks, it's quick. You're not doing some type. You're not doing a stand up routine. Yeah, the best man does most of the legwork here. Two minutes, no more. Two minutes might even be yeah. long. Just go quick. It's not like you went down the line and like, well, Teddy was this and that, and like you didn't. You don't like toast each person no. you pick out pick out different things in the room pick out a plate of food pick out one of your buddies pick out your parents and just kind of dart around the room and then you're done yeah Boom. yeah Ugh. you don't feel don't feel the need to like be funny here no just a quick toast i was more nervous to give a best man speech than i was to actually get married i think yeah i've delivered a best man speech before and i was incredibly nervous and i wrote out what i wanted to say on note cards and i read over them over and over and over again drank a bunch of scotch before I went up there, and I crushed it. There you go. But I was really nervous. A little funny, a little serious. Yeah. yeah. I made some jokes. Nice. This is a long time ago. I made some jokes. Got, got a f- Once you get that first laugh, 
mm-hmm. that's when you it's settle over. in. It's yeah. over. That's when it's you when settle you in. Grab the mic and rip it off. And <laughs> Stuff, I had sort of right. walking around. <laughs> I was still a little nervous after my first best man speech, and and when I handed the mic over to whoever I needed to do do it to, my the groom came up to me and he just whispered in my ear. He was like, "You crushed that." Hell yeah! And I was nice. just like, "Oh, thank you for saying that," because I think I would have been freaking out for the next hour, wondering if I did okay. But he was like very adamant. He's like, "No, you nailed that." So I was I was quite pleased. It, nothing, not many things feel better than like nailing a public speaking situation. No, do you, yeah. you know it does feel better though? Is this about features? Features. Yeah. Ooh. I've been trying to get my uh, my transition game better lately because the the produ- the host of Love Island or the guy that does the voiceovers he absolutely nails them and tricks me every single episode and every single time Sally looks over at me and just says how je- like how jealous are you of his transitions right now? <laughs> <laughs> the only thing people should funny. be jealous of though are the socks on our feet. Yep. Features are incredible. Changing your socks can make a huge difference in your daily walks or hitting the links. Runners worldwide have made features their sock of choice, and now you can get the same benefit, especially tailored to the golf course. Their elite golf sock keeps feet cool, dry, and blister-free while providing a custom-like fit that won't bunch or slip during your backswing. And features engineered a sock with targeted compression, anatomical design, and moisture-wicking material for unsurpassed performance. Yeah, their golf socks are kind of just next level. Everything's next level, dude. These are great socks. They are. Dylan and I talked about it on Circling Back recently, but my favorite pair of socks is their crew sock. Yeah. It's the perfect weight, especially for working out or being on the golf course. In terms of their ankle socks, I love them. I've got two different pairs. One's a thicker one that I use on the Peloton. The other one's a thinner one that I use for just tooling around town. I'm starting to spot those crew socks at the gym. Oh, they're, they're I saw tasty. Them, I saw them for, the, I think, the second or third time yesterday. Uh, so the word's getting out. People are catching on to features. I need more of those. These things also have a lifetime, lifetime guarantee. They're so durable and long-lasting that if you're unsatisfied at any point, you can get a replacement pair, no questions asked. And they're proudly family-owned business. Shout-out to all the families out there that own businesses, especially the ones that own Feature. Feature socks will change how you feel about socks forever, and you can get $10 off your first pair of Features when you use code Randy at Features.com. That's F-E-E-T-U-R-E-S.com. Like, you know, feet, Features. Get it, guys? Got you it. understand? Got, Got it. it. Okay. Promo code Randy for $10 off your first pair of features. You guys want this first voicemail? Let's go. All right, let's get it. Don't have your uh, email pulled up, so I'm going to stall for a second. Yeah, while it's I all right, it man. The perfect game went out a long time ago. I'll just, I'll just say features. Hey, way. Mel and Chris. Matt from South Jersey. So I'm 23 years old, and I'm a graduate student. And I've been uh, looking around for different ways to make a couple extra bucks and stumbled my way into a sperm donation program. Uh, I'm going in next week. For my first actual donation, I passed through all the screenings and everything. Uh, I told my buddies about this. They all think it's kind of a funny way to make a couple extra bucks here. But I wanted to know, do you guys think there's like some moral hurdle I should be worried about here, about potentially having God knows how many kids running around that I would never know about, that I'm not just thinking about because I'm a 23-year-old kid who wants to have a couple extra bucks in the bank. Uh, Let me know what your thoughts are. Thanks, guys. Is it weird to donate sperm? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, think about just thinking about you. You might have kids walking around this this earth that you know nothing about. Is a little weird to me. Mm-hmm. Um, my first thought, but go ahead. No, because people need people need sperm. I mean, mm-hmm. there are women out there who need who need it to have a child. It is so. Quite- it's like it's a it's a necessity. On some level, the roller coaster of thoughts for me goes, "Oh, go off! Like, go, go get that cash, King." And then I'm like, "Wait, 
do I want my kids running around that I don't know about? And then the third thought is, well, I know some people really yeah. need this to right. to get what they want in life. And so I think, yes, go go for it. It's not weird. Do you know how much it pays? It's not as much as, I know, if you donate eggs, if you're a girl, it's like. Yeah, you get paid a lot for that. Stupid. Right? It's a, that's a process. Though. Yeah. Do you know how much this is? No, do you? I looked it up. Sperm donors can typically expect to be paid between fifty and one hundred twenty-five dollars per acceptable sample of sperm. With donations two to three times a week, some men can make a thousand dollars a month by donating sperm. Rates may vary. Uh, okay, I, I don't know. People can you can just keep going back. I guess two to three it, times a week. I guess it's a yeah. lot of sperm. That's a lot. They of, probably don't want you doing it every day, right? Because then your count's going to go down. But how much of a demand is is there for this stuff? If you can donate that much. Well, not everyone can donate. Mm-hmm. Like you have You'd to be, scream. you have to have the right uh, something. I don't have the right words for it. That's going to make it sound like not weird. Okay. Right stuff. I don't. I don't have an issue with this. If you don't have an issue with this, like mm-hmm. I don't. Th- I personally would have never done it because I don't think that the idea of having a kid out there is worth the the hundred twenty five dollars I can get for that cup. Yeah, it's not a lot of money. But there's probably people out there that are so out of sight, out of mind which I partially am, that I just don't think it would make a difference to me if, like, a buddy of mine was doing it. I'd be like, I mean, it's, it's a little bizarre, but mm-hmm. uh, whatever. Just do your thing. I think I'm in that same exact boat. I don't think it's weird. Like, go for it. Do your thing. I just don't think I'm going to do it knowing that there could potentially be a little scary man out there. I don't have any friends that have ever done this. I don't know any single women who have ever done uh, – is it in vitro? Whatever it is. IVF. Sorry, uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the proper terms. I'm not very educated in it. But I would imagine that if you want to have a kid and you don't have a significant other, then like by all means, I want you to have the resources in order for you to have a kid. Mm-hmm. And I don't want uh, there's I don't think there's any other way to do it other than people donating their sperm. So it's just kind of like it's an it's kind of a weird necessary evil, but it's necessary. The approval rate for being able to donate sperm um, is very small. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I thought. Uh, it says, in fact, some sperm banks say that they approve fewer than one percent of its applicants. Wow, there you go. So, what does it take? I wonder. I think there's a little bit of a okay, colorful interview. Process. You have to be between the age of, ages of eighteen and thirty nine. Okay. Uh, no infectious diseases okay. like HIV and hepatitis C. I would hope not. Uh, don't have certain genetic disorders or medical conditions. Makes sense. Uh, don't have a history or evidence of alcohol or drug abuse. Also makes sense. And there's a mental health screen. I was going to say, do they get in the weeds with, like, education and job status no, and stuff? Like, I heard, if you're, I've like, super, like, a, like, this guy's too lazy to, no, I don't think it's anything like that. I feel like I've read, like, a New York Times article where some maybe somebody got busted. There probably are sperm banks that do that. I'm sure there's yeah. high-end ones that are like, hey, like, you have to have a college degree in order to do this. I'm sure they have that. Yeah. So when when women pick out their the sample that they want to use it is there like a profile of the guy who donated they get to read about and all that stuff randy's oh, shaking his head i yes. would hope so randy do you donate do you so. donate sperm no short. he says he says he's too short <laughs> i don't think that's that's one of the things man that gets into <laughs> some like ethical moral issues but like yeah i mean if if someone who's like if you want to have a tall child for example and you say yeah. oh this guy's six seven like i want to use this guy as opposed to randy <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, I wonder if you could like actually read about like their their oh, attributes, man. their traits. 
I mean, I clearly have no issue with redheads because I married one, but like, I would want to know, hey, if I'm going to have a kid, like, is this from a, a redheaded person? Right. Because like, that's that's an attribute that not a lot of people have, and that's mm -hmm. a, I mean, it's a recessive one, so you, I'm not sure if it'll work, but I would like to know. Yeah. I think I would too. I, 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 I'm leaning toward. There is some kind of profile situation. You yeah. get to you get to read the background of these people. That'd be kind of fun. Yeah, I wonder if there's an upcharge for like, you know, grad school. Yeah, like really smart Dude. slash oh, athletic man. slash good looking. You know, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Can you pick boy girl? No, you can't. No. Right? Okay. No, not yet. Uh -uh. No. But that, I bet you we're like ten years away from that. This is interesting. I'm gonna um, have to. I know I've never I, put too much thought into this whole process, either. and I mean maybe that comes from a place of privilege that like I never yeah. had to worry about this, but or also just being a dude. Um, look, it's not weird. Mm -hmm. The weirdest parts is just walking into a place, you know, cranking and and leaving, but the actual like donating your sperm to someone who needs it, it's not weird. Go it, off. It would be weird to become a regular. Like you walked in, like, hey Jim. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like, oh, we look. We have plenty of your stuff, man. You can turn around. <laughs> you we 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 reserved your suite. Yeah. You know? no, no one's buying. No one's buying the Brett. So we you don't, we don't need any more of it. Hey. You know. <laughs> damn. damn. <laughs> I think Brett would fly off the shelves, yeah. son. Probably. Yeah. Thank you. Will. <laughs> Just kidding, fly off man. The shelves. <laughs> we can't get this stuff stuck. Yeah. <laughs> we got the magic bullet in here. <laughs> uh, look at. Uh, <laughs> you want your kid to close deals. Oh man! Okay. Look at the hair on this guy. All right. I think we have to move on. Yeah, let's we're do gonna, the next. We're gonna get two. Let's do the next one. Interesting, weeks. interesting question. Yeah, I'm gonna read more on this stuff. Time for the annual debate. Decorating our first home. My girlfriend wants to go from Halloween decor straight to Christmas decor. I say we go Halloween to fall decor to Black Friday to Christmas decor through the New Year. What's the right way to decorate? Um, I, I am, I'm agree with the 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 woman here, the the girlfriend. I um. And it's straight from Halloween to Christmas guy. I know that's not popular. We'll have Halloween but on November first. Mike on November first, Mike Christmas tree comes out. Because it's oh. to me, Christmas is by far the best holiday there is. November first? Yeah. November first. I'm dragging it out. I am. I don't even care. That's too much, man. That's it's, a long it's too much. It's just it's up for two months. It's not, you know it's too much. It's up for two months. But then it loses some of the like Christmas spirit. Not to me. To me, it just extends the Christmas season a little bit earlier. I couldn't unless it's with like more. unless it's like ninety two out, then I might wait a little bit because that oh, that'll mess dude. with my vibe. Can we? Can I just decorate your help you decorate your tree or not your tree? Your outside Christmas light situation. Yes. Okay. Of course. I'm psyched about that. Of course. Um, I I know that most people think that's too early, and I I understand that. Um, I, I'm, I don't mean to skip over Thanksgiving. I do enjoy Thanksgiving, but it's not. It's like my third favorite holiday. Uh, I'm just straight into Christmas guy. I, I like to get excited early. Okay, I don't think I have Halloween decor. I go fall to, like, I, I just take Halloween totally out. And if I do any Halloween, it would be like day of kind of shit. Um, maybe it's, I'm in a, an apartment, so I don't really have outdoor stuff. Um, yeah. So maybe I would if I had the opportunity, but I'm I'm more of a fall guy. Like indoor, inside my apartments, it's all gonna be fall stuff until the Saturday after Thanksgiving, and then, buddy, that Christmas tree is getting put up. On what day? Saturday after Thanksgiving. Okay, that's that's the normal time. Mm -hmm. I would like to do it before, but I think I just I I want that anticipation all November. Like I can't wait. Okay. And 
doing getting some Christmas music going and, and the like. But I do like fall stuff so much and fall candles and fall like harvesty things that I'd like to keep that going as long as possible too. Okay. I think that's fair. The holiday season to me is just so great. It's the best. That uh, I want to capitalize as much as I can, you know? I guess. I just think that, like, after a month of having your Christmas tree up and then you have a month till Christmas, I'm just sitting there like, okay. Do you go Christmas tree and every other Christmas decoration, too? Like, you're not, are you, are you putting your lights up November 1st? No. Okay. No. I'll wait a little bit for that. I just can't imagine sitting there eating Thanksgiving dinner and having a Christmas tree up. It's just weird. No offense. Um, I understand that, to be fair. I don't. I usually don't celebrate or celebrate. I don't, I don't have Christ- or Thanksgiving dinner at my own house. We go to the okay, ranch. Don't they, they don't have it yet. Um, but Thanksgiving decorations don't really move the needle for me. I mean, there's not many. Like there's not there's not really Thanksgiving songs or or like yeah. a, a vibe. Yeah, it's just fall harvesty stuff. That's right? what I like too. I'm I'm in agreement yeah. with Brett here. Like my dad's a big decorator, so I've gotten all my I guess timing from him, and. We've we've never gone, we've never gone straight from Halloween to Christmas. There's always been a fall period. If anything, that might be the most pronounced thing that we have. It's just like the fall decor, and then going into Christmas, like the garland comes out, wreaths come out, tree goes up. But I don't even think we usually did the tree until probably a week into December. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Real tree. I, I, y- y'all, we used y'all to be real tree. real tree. We used to be real tree, yeah. and then uh, once we started move, like we moved a couple times, and then we decided to go f- straight fake tree. And I have to say, my dad went off on the fake tree. It's mm-hmm. a great looking fake tree, and I have no issues with it. We're gonna end up getting a tree for here, aren't we? Yep, yep, yep. We're 100%. getting a tree this year because for the first time, uh, Sally and I will be staying in Austin and uh, real or fake? celebrating together. Well, I don't know. To be Having honest, a, okay, a real one at an apartment building is tough. T- is a tough scene. It's tough. That that's when when I was an apartment guy. That's when I made the switch from real to fake. I think we'll go fake because I can see Rosie trying to eat the real one. It's dragging those dragging that thing all the way up. You know, getting needles everywhere. It's not a good situation. No, no. We'll probably go fake. I'm excited for it though. I think yeah. we need. I think we need to do it this year. It's our first Christmas as a married couple. It'd be weird to not have a tree. A hundred percent. Oh, yeah. We need ornaments, though. That's the thing that I'm, like, <coughs> struggling with, is that we have ornaments that we've been collecting since we started dating. So we have a drawer with a bunch of ornaments in it. Hmm. Because I don't like just putting up, like, ornaments that aren't sentimental. You call it the orny drawer. Orny. You know you're speaking my language now. It has to, has to have the sentimental value. If you buy your ornaments in a, in, in a bundle in bulk, I don't Ma- want well, to. Hang, matchy on, matchy hang on. All matchy-matchy. Hang on. Give it a little f- color with, the like, the 30-pack of the the red and gold and shit. I don't waste the space on my tree, man. Come on. I can't I, I can't buy enough ornaments to like make it look good without those. You slowly acquire them over time. Okay. It, it goes faster than you'd think, Brett. Yeah. Especially yeah. once you start thinking about it. Sally decided that last or when I guess when we were in England last year, she decided that we were going to start buying ornaments on vacation. And even though it's not the most convenient thing and we haven't done it on every vacation, mm-hmm. it's nice if you see one to be like, "All right, let's do, let's get this ornament." That's what Dylan does with t-shirts. Oh, yeah. That's right. You do. Yeah. And, and, yeah. and magnets and shot glasses. I don't do shot glasses. Come so on. You do shot some, glasses. Sombreros? I do magnets, though. Senor Fox? Whatever. Yeah, our family, we, we gift meaningful ornaments every year. I love that. So that's how we, we slowly just build up our, our pile. Uh, for me, um, be, finally being in a house and having 
a son that's of age to like really, really get into Christmas now. I finally get to do like the at my own house Christmas morning deal, oh. and I'm so freaking excited for it. That's gonna be so excited. You have a uh, fireplace too, right? I have a fireplace oh, too. Dude. Yeah. The last two years we've been, we've been in an apartment the past two years, and uh, so we've just gone out to the ranch to do it. Okay. And it just didn't, you know, it's not quite the same around at my home base. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I can't wait. I'm inviting uh, Dallas is gonna be stopping by for that too. Dude, a whole go off. Yeah, it's gonna be awesome. I'm pumped. What kind of cookies are you putting out? You got to think peanut butter, the, yeah. the goat. Well, it's not the goat. Well, it is. Don't shake your head <laughs> at me. God, he's going to have crumbs all over him. You're going to be thirsty for the rest of the time because it's just so peanut buttery. Dude, but I guess if you're doing milk and peanut butter cookies, that's a pretty good combo because the milk like gives you all the moisture that the peanut butter zaps from your body. What do all these like new new people leave out that like are lactose intolerant, self-diagnosed? <laughs> Kale. Like, here's, here's so some people are upset with us after that. <laughs> My tummy, my tummy hurts. I mean, someone did make a good point that, like, right after we ripped those people, Dave was like, yeah, sometimes milk upsets my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah. You want to do the next one? Let's what? do the next one. Voicemail. Another voicemail for the people out there. Here we go. Hey, guys. So, uh, this, this one's going to be a little bit happier. Um, through all this COVID stuff, I've tried to do pretty good and then got, like, pretty real good and like wouldn't really talk to people who didn't think they needed to be good when um i realized that a friend of mine an ex actually had contracted with it contracted it and passed with it um and then kind of the biggest concern since then is that i'm back in the office and some of my coworkers, uh, everyone's following the restrictions but in general just kind of like have bad takes about it about you know we don't really need to be doing this shit it's uh, mostly just then like avoiding them uh, last night my friend passed away, which sucks for a number of reasons, and I'm I'm dealing with that. But looking forward to Monday going to the office, I'm pretty sure I'm just gonna blow up at the first person with the COVID thing, and um, I don't really know how to deal with that. Like, is that is that just fair game? Just go off on them? Do I just? take bereavement and not go in for a while? Do I have email HR and not go in? I don't really know. I guess all of our been in the office by the time you get this, but whatever. It's still good to hear your takes. Love what you guys are doing. Keep up the good work. That's a tough one. Mm-hmm. Sorry to hear about, about your friend passing away from COVID. Really sad. Um, handling it at work among peers who don't take it seriously. Um... I think it's some way, somehow, word should probably get out that your friend passed away from it. I don't know if that means you directly telling them or have, passing it through HR and having them send out like a, a bulletin or something. I don't know. I don't know the, the best way to make that happen. Um, but before you lose your cool on somebody, which honestly is kind of justified. Yeah. Um, before you do that, which you may regret, um, let it be known somehow that you're going through what you're going through. And hopefully they will respect that and mm-hmm. shut the hell up. I would tell him. I would straight up the first person who I see doing something that's or 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 take like this guy said, just like, "Hey, uh, here's my here's my deal on this thing." And I think all three of us know how serious to take this. Like my dad's extremely high risk. Uh-huh. Your mom, Will's like everybody's got. You know, Sally works in in this field. Like everybody's got somebody who's extremely. Um, affected by this 
and I think the people that don't seem to have that just need need a a story or something to grasp onto. Yeah, some kind of personal connection to it. Yeah, that's fair. Um, It's kind of like out of sight, out of mind, Mm -hmm. which people are just guilty of in general. Right. Just if it doesn't affect me directly, then I don't don't need to be worrying about it. But it's affecting a lot of people directly. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, Yeah, maybe tell one person and just let let news kind of spread naturally throughout the office. Mm Mm-hmm. That uh, you're going, maybe that's why you're feeling the way you are on, on that Monday morning. Yeah. Um, and like this, this affects everybody differently. That's that's something that once you can grab onto a personal connection or a personal anecdote, it's going to hit harder. Like, oh, you know what? I should probably uh, take this a little more seriously in some capacity. Yeah. I know two people that have passed from COVID. Uh, both were older. One was very early on in COVID, and it was someone that was close to a lot of families I know. It was someone that was a figurehead in our community growing up. And it was the first thing that made it more real to me. And a lot of people after took my takes on, like, circling back or things that I said about being careful, and they they did what everyone's done with it. They politicized it, and they, they don't understand. I mean, they don't know. I didn't. I wasn't public about knowing somebody. But... The people that don't have the empathy, when they look at you being in that situation of feeling bad about that and, and understanding the risks, it's just you just have to have that empathy. And whether you have those political takes and or whatever it is, whether you have a different mindset when it comes to handling COVID, that's great for you and that's a personal decision for you. But to subject other people to it, especially if they've had someone that they know who's had it or passed from it or whatever, you just have to have that empathy and to not mm-hmm. ha- take that into consideration – a lot of people aren't going to put it on you if you're saying something negative about COVID or saying something about like being a little more free or not caring about the regulations. You have to keep in mind that there are a lot of people that have passed from this and there are a lot of people that have been affected by a family member, a friend, yeah. whatever mm-hmm. dying. And I had people reach out to me after who are close to me who I know have much more lax feelings when it comes to COVID and they showed me that empathy and I immediately felt better about them because mm-hmm. I knew that them seeing me kind of feel down about it. I knew that that would make them take it more seriously. I don't know if it made it t- made them take it so seriously that they were taking it as seriously as I was, but it at least it at least got into their mind right. that this was a bigger issue. And it sucks. Like it sucks. I'm gl- I'm glad that I haven't had a family member or like a close friend or anything like that pass from it, but at the same time, it's it's a very emotional thing. And until you have someone pass from it, you don't know what it feels like, and it's it's just a it's just a weird scenario. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the people that politicize it. Really, it really irks me. Oh, it's an infringe, infringement on my rights. Well, it, it's just looking out for everybody else. Yeah, it's just it's like base level human decency to not spread your germs that could potentially kill someone like it's it's really that easy the way that i look at it is that everyone's politics are decided by the things that affect them in life there are people with money who don't give a fuck about the poor there are people with what i mean whatever it is like if you're on one side of the spectrum you don't see the the view of the other person on the other side of the spectrum Mm -hmm. i can't get mad at you for that because i have views that are completely personal to me and so i i I won't get in that argument and it's just but when it comes to feeling the empathy for somebody that has something catastrophic happen to them because of this, you just have to have that. It just doesn't make sense to me to not. But 
hopefully the people in his office understand and hopefully they can kind of be respectful, especially given how close this was. I mean, just from the tone of his voice, you could tell yeah. that he was still just reeling from this. And that's it's just awful. I feel horrible for him. Yeah, but like having a, getting a personal connection, like it's going to drive the point home, well, hopefully. But there's also a mountain of evidence over here. Like how many people have died at this point? Like over 400? We just hit 200,000. 200,000 in the United in the States? U- in the mm-hmm. U.S. Okay. Like that, that, those are real numbers. Like no one's making that up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's frustrating. Make it personal. Yeah, yeah. Be if you've got a confidant at the company that you're friends with, a work wife, whatever, yeah. let them know. Maybe they can spread the word a little bit, and not in a way that's like, "Oh, go feel bad for whatever." Like his friend just died, but I mean, people will care. They're they're your coworkers. Yeah, I'm not a fan of. I mean, I, at a corporate company, you don't want to have too much uh, personal life seep into your work and stuff. But there, this is one of those times when it's like, all right, people need to lay off you a little bit. Yep. Agreed. And, and if you're yelling at this segment from your car, just. T- Look in the mirror moment. Yeah. Just chill. Just relax. Yeah. Just relax. It's going to, yeah, I'm, I'm sure p- some people are going to be pissed off, but what are you going to do? That's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, even if it's not something we agree with. You know what we all can agree on, though? Shaving your chest is awesome. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Shaving your downstairs, even more tight. It is the quickest way to make both look uh, better. It's the, it's the best way to look, like, it, for me... When I start, when I bust out my Manscaped buzzer and I just start putting that thing on me, I immediately feel a little slimmer, and I don't really know why. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wh- what's up with that? I don't know. It's an immediate confidence boost, whether it's up top or down low. It makes me feel like like leaner up top, and uh, it makes the guy downstairs look a little bit uh, healthier. Yeah. Healthier. Healthier. Go. Good word. Healthier. A lot of people out there are like, why would I need a Manscaped buzzer? I got this crappy one from Walmart that works just fine. Like, no. You don't, have a, you don't have a ceramic blade on there that's stopping you from all the nicks and cuts that you have? Come on. And this thing is just multi-purpose, like we said. It was originally made for your downstairs, but I shave my chest with it. I'll clean that thing off and even use it on my beard to do some touching up. I'm not afraid. Same. I'm not going to let my buddy do it, but I'll, I'll, I'll do whatever with it. I don't care. Damn. Man, these things are just great. They got a charging stand; it just sits perfectly right on your counter. Mm-hmm. It's just beautiful. It's the quickest way to to go if if you think you're getting some definition on your chest. Shave, just put it on the manscape like setting number two, mm-hmm. and you're you're cooking the three setting, and you're just getting a nice little. Oh man, mm-hmm. I go all the way bare down, and then I let it grow out for a couple weeks just to make sure that like I have a an even grow in. You want it to look like a natural. Come, comeuppance of the. If you're like going to a bachelor party and you shave your chest the Thursday night before flying out the next morning to San Diego, someone's gonna call you out and be like, "You shave your chest last night? No, you got to do it like a week before." Yeah, it's got to look natural. Yeah, but like when, when it comes to this stuff, you don't even have to worry about the nicks and scrapes because it's just Manscaped has it down. Their third generation trimmer features a cutting edge ceramic blade, like I said, to re- reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology pioneered by Manscaped. It's literally so good that. The maskist in me is like trying to get a nick when I'm shaving with it, and it can't it do it. It does not happen. Can't I've, do it. I've taken risks I've never taken before with this thing, and it, they've all panned out very well. It's that ceramic blade. Oh, it, it, it definitely is. Get 20% off and free shipping with code Rosie at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with a free shipping at manscaped.com using code Rosie. Trim your junk with Manscaped. Rosie actually just got buzzed yesterday. Ooh. Not sure if the groomer used a Manscaped buzzer or not, but we'll see. You guys want this uh, final voicemail? Let's do a voicemail. Here we go. Here we go. Satellite radio. Hey, Mailing Gang. Frankie from Florida here. I just have a quick question. So, 
a long road trip with my fiance, when she drives, I typically fall asleep slash most of the time fall asleep next to her while she's driving. But then while, my, while, while I'm driving, she stays awake. I'm not, I don't force her to stay awake. I say you can fall asleep when you want to. But she really wants me to stay awake when she's driving. Is it trash that I fall asleep? Thanks, guys. If I'm driving on a long road trip, am I crazy for actually wanting my passenger to fall asleep? I have like maybe 30 minutes of good conversation in me for a, like a three-hour trip. Other time, I'm just hoping you'll shut up. And if you're sleeping, don't have to worry about it. Don't have to worry about the, the weird silence in the car. I'm just like, just go to sleep so we don't have to force conversation right now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't think that's crazy. Okay. I don't think that's I crazy. I know people are, will what, disagree with me, and that's what fine. What about like your girlfriend, So, to, like per se? Like your significant other? Oh, the person that I spend a lot of time with? <laughs> I, I, you better go to sleep. Go to bed. <laughs> yeah, go to sleep. I don't want to talk. I, I can't do three hours of uninterrupted conversation. I'd be exhausted at the end of that. I never thought about it that way, to be honest with you, Dylan. Yeah. I would have said no. That's too much air time to fill. Yeah. Sometimes, like, now that you mention it, I think you're totally right. And I've never (laughs) had this mentality before. But a lot of the time, Sally and I spend on a road trip. We're sitting there, and it's like, well, what podcast do you want to listen to right now? Uh, And it's like, I don't want to listen to My Favorite Murder again. Like, I've gotten in, like, a conversational zone with people where I'm, like, really – feeling like what what we're talking about and it's interesting to me and we're both just bouncing off each other and scoring well and i don't mind going on for an hour uh, but that's rare you i mean know? can i pull the curtain back on dylan on road trips you'd prefer to be in the back seat fast asleep the entire time oh yeah i, I like i prefer the back seat on a road trip there's too much you're it's like the hub of activity up front you're it's too much too much pressure on you oh you gotta oh, you gotta work the music you gotta initiate conversation oh you know you gotta you gotta be the navigator Let's get out of here. I'll sit in the back with no responsibilities, and I can look out the window and keep my mouth shut. The more I think about it, the more I'm like, dude, you're totally right. Yeah. I can listen to my own music. I can listen to a podcast that I want to listen to. Just go pass out. Yeah, Don't make sleep. me think about it. I think it depends on where you're going. Like, like when we were going up to Colorado, like on the on the road up to Breckenridge, I kind of want some, like, I yeah. want some conversation. I want some excitement. Some pump up. Yeah. Well, vacation mode is a little different. Vacation mode is different. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Not when we're like I'm very excited on vacation mode. Yeah, driving to Dallas through a, a torrential downpour, on a work call. I can't sleep in a car. I can't. Like either. it's just never going to happen Tonight ever. Mm-hmm. And so I'm always going to be the person that's awake and trying to engage. And so if if Sally ever wants me to go to sleep and she can do whatever she wants while she's driving, it's just not going to happen. Mm-hmm. There's no way I can fall asleep in a car unless I literally had a bed in the back. I the only time I can do it is like after a concert or something like that. Like, somebody picks you up and you drive home and you crash. I'm just thinking of, like, Dave Matthews and SPAC for the last 10 I mean, years. I can drunkenly pass out in the back of an Uber, but I'm, yeah. not, I'm, not, I'm not soberly going to sleep in a car. I can fall asleep on a road trip. I, I feel like nice. you've done that with me before. I don't Maybe. really know when. Yeah, I can do it. It feels familiar. It's not always easy, but I, I can do it. I always like to be the driver, so I don't, I, don't even, I don't even know. I guess, like, if I'm driving with Caroline, we just go for we can go for an hour without saying a word to each other. I'll just be on like in the zone on the road, and she'll just be scrolling IG or something like that. She doesn't have to be asleep, but I'm 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 not. I don't think it's a trash move to fall asleep if you're a passenger. I don't either. Yeah. Why you what, what's that look for? No, there's no no look. I'm oh, just okay. listening. I do think sometimes there are definitely times when if somebody wanted to go to sleep next to me, I'd be like, come on, like keep, you got to keep me engaged a little bit. Yeah. Navigation. 
I'm a shitty driver though, so. The, the, for me, the worst is when a conversation has kind of run its course, mm-hmm. and you're just grasping at like ways to just continue it, just for the sake of not having like awkward silence. Is this why when we drove to Houston together, you just tossed on the Alex Jones episode of Joe Rogan that you had already listened to, <laughs> and we just sat there listening to that the whole time? I, I, no, I really wanted you to experience that, and I wanted to be there for it. It just made my thoughts yell at me for the next, like, three hours. He's just so aggressive. Let me ask you this. What about planes, plane partners, seat partner? Go to bed. Yeah, it's totally different. Go to bed. Totally different. The second the second my ticket has been scanned or I put my phone down to get scanned to go enter the plane – I have headphones on, and I don't want to take those off for literally anybody. It's weird how much people are in the zone, like their own little world, like mm-hmm. with like blinders on kind of when they're on an airplane, kind of like when you're at the gym with headphones on. It's just you don't really, like almost you don't even acknowledge the other people around you. It's just you're in your little own little world there. Mm-hmm. I have to I have to agree, unless, again, vacation mode. And it's like you and your buddies on the plane with like yeah. fucking yeah. jabbing each other like, dude. I'm going to smoke you on, on 18. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Good question. Let's do uh, let's do the next one. What's up, Dorn? I've been driving the same pickup truck since 2004, but the maintenance is becoming more than the truck is worth, so it's time to get a new car. Right now, I don't have the funds to buy a car outright, and I need to finance. My mother-in-law has offered to loan me the money at a really good interest rate. However, I'm hesitant to take her up on it, even though it would save us money. My wife says that my pride's getting in the way, which is probably true. However... I worry about the fact that since my, it's my mother-in-law, I won't be able to negotiate the terms and she'll have a say on the kind of car that it is. Also, I really don't want to have to hang it o- her to hang it over my head for the next few years and feel like I owe her. Thoughts? Big H. I think this is a really bad idea to borrow to take a loan from your mother-in-law. Ooh, I'm opposite. First of all, mm. a really good interest rate. Okay, you can get a really good interest rate at a car dealership too. You can also get a zero interest rate at a car, a car dealership. If you buy a new car. If you buy a new car. Yeah. Um, this is a bad idea. You don't want to owe. You don't want to make payments to your mother-in-law. I I disagree. Like what? Say say you get laid off and you, you got to miss one or two. She's gonna be like, I got you. Don't worry about it this month. Okay. Is his credit tanked? Like why can't he just get a, a, the standard loan himself? I don't know. Maybe she'll be like, Hey, I'll beat that interest rate. She gives you out here throwing around. 1. I would 2s. much rather pay a few extra bucks a month to pay to someone I don't have to face, as opposed to like. Hey, uh, waiting on your uh, your car payment <laughs> just your, like, from from your mother-in-law. That's just that's uncomfortable to me. Hit Mrs. Smith with like a, a Venmo. A general rule I go by is I don't want to owe money to peop- the people in my life. You know, I just fair, definitely uh, fair. Pay pay your debts so they don't have that, so it doesn't affect the relationship in any way. Know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think it's a bad idea. This it, it might go. It could go comp- completely smoothly, and no issues whatsoever. But it could not go smoothly. Mrs. McGee's out here being like Dylan, pay up. And if you do, and if you do find yourself on uh, on tough times financially, maybe you get laid off a, a year into your, you know, your term. Mm-hmm. Um, she'll be like, okay, maybe that's what she can help out. You don't have to, um, you don't have to pay for a few months. But then, how how shitty do you feel about that? Oh, you definitely feel you shitty. You know what I mean? Just uh, just it's a personal connection. You got to be like, hey, like I hard times here. Yeah. Are you well, you know what would be bad. Is it wait? Is it mother-in-law? Okay. Mother-in-law. I'll just say if it's like not yet mother-in-law, but you're in a like serious yeah. relationship, and she says, "I'm gonna loan you the money." No chance. Yeah. No chance. Yeah. But if I'm, it, gonna, if I'm it, never doing this. Yeah. If it's your own mom, um, uh, maybe that's a little less weird to me. But a mother-in-law, um, 
that's a relationship that can go south in a hurry. I think mm-hmm. if if things aren't where they're supposed to be. Uh, totally fair. Totally fair. I'm just. I get it. You don't. You don't want to beef. It. You don't want to have beef with your mother-in-law. Definitely not. That's a tough scene. I get it, but it's last resort for me. Yeah, absolutely last resort because, I, uh, money can absolutely tear people apart. Friendships, family, mm-hmm. and to be honest, like most people, don't have the relationship with their mother-in-law or father-in-law that they have with their own parents, and so it's a lot easier for that relationship to just go sour. And so it's like I don't want to owe anybody any money. I was my parents would probably, like. They probably think it's weird. Like, why do you? What are you doing that for? Yeah, why? why yeah. Well, they, they would probably be like, "What we, the fuck?" <laughs> I don't know, man. It's just like you're really gonna be in debt to that person. For, I mean, literally in debt to that person. And it, I, I just would hate to have an argument with or a disagreement with them, and then all of a sudden it's like, "Well, we funded your car." Yeah. It's like, "Oh, great." Exactly. It's also weird. A little bit weird to me. Not not super weird. A little bit weird that the mother in law is like offering up an interest rate too. Like, yeah. I'm gonna help you out, but I'm also gonna make a little I'm bit getting, of money. I'm out getting of some you. juice on this. Yeah, <laughs> keep the juice running for this one. Well, he also noted that he's worried that she's gonna try to negotiate the terms, and she'll have a say on what kind of car it is. Yeah, oh. that that's a that's a deal breaker she seems, for me. And this might be unfair. That she seems overbearing if he's worried about that. Like maybe she's a, a helicopter mother-in-law, you know. Yeah, what like, she tries oh, to this, make him get like a. This car is not safe enough. You can't get this car. I won't, like, I won't give you money for this car. No, you can't get that Dodge Ram. Like you have to get this Chevy. But Fuse. I'm trying it's to get the new Corvette though. Yeah, does does it, does your mother-in-law realize that it's truck month? I have two things here. One. Why is it? What are people still buying cars outright? They're just putting like twenty grand. That also threw me off. No, like Like, he sounds like he's he's like sorry to break the news, but I can't buy this thing outright. Not many people have thirty, forty grand just laying around to to spend on a car outright. You the uh, some a professor in college told me you should finance a sandwich if you get a better if your if your money is better in your pocket, earning money for you in in some sort of account than paying for it up front. Who told you this? My. College risk management professor. Doctor risk. I feel like everything I buy online now has like a payment plan option. The affirm, like interest yeah, free. The firm payment it, option. And if you go yeah. interest free, economics says you should do that and put the rest of the money that you were going to spend on that item in an interest bearing account. I hate the thought of out like too much outstanding debt in different places. It, it it to me like my brain just doesn't like it doesn't like to handle that. Totally. But pure economics say that you're better off doing that. You literally should finance a sandwich if you could. Okay, but if you if you end up financing like um, a guitar, that's four hundred mm-hmm. bucks. Like if you make you know eight payments of fifty bucks on it, you yep. don't take that extra money and just take it straight to. Right. Most people don't. You, you like, if, you, if I, you were to. No, yeah. most people who do that kind of thing are really running themselves pretty thin. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. The you other take rule it from someone who's definitely run himself pretty thin. <laughs> Yeah. The other rule is that if you ha- say say you're buying a guitar for 400 bucks and there's like uh, 5% interest rate on it. If you you should finance it if and only if you can put your money It's going to make more than 5%. Exactly. Well, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Simple math. That's the theory. But but people aren't financially responsible enough to to make decisions like that. Ooh, I got an extra 350 bucks in my pocket this mm-hmm. month. What can we do with it? That's yeah, it's not yeah. going towards the well, guitar. Let's go to the club. <laughs> let's go pop bottles. But yeah, finance a car. Throw a down payment on it. Get, get yourself comfortable with a monthly payment. Find a good interest rate. Shop it around. Do it. Yeah. Don't let do the dealership a, be like, do it this through is, a bank. Yeah. I'd You'll get, get a competitive rate. Yeah. I'd rather get a cheaper used car that uh, and that was cheaper than the car, that, like my dream car, to offset the financing 
or the interest rate that my mother-in-law wants. I'd rather just get a shittier car and pay the same amount that I would pay her, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. I just don't want to ever be indebted to that, like in that situation. It just sounds terrible. Yeah. I don't want to owe my mother-in-law money. I mean, heaven forbid. What, about, what if something goes sour and then yeah. all of a sudden you're like having to deal with getting divorced and then you owe your mother-in-law all this money for this car yeah. that is maybe now she could like technically get it from you? I don't know how that works. Is she putting this on paper? Mm-hmm. Is there a contract you're signing? Mm-hmm. What about down payment? That's different for me. Me too. That's different for me. If it's like two grand versus 22 grand. It's like, hey, I'm gonna, I'm here's a, here's a thousand bucks for your help on your down payment. I would hope it's like a gift situation, but if it's like, I'm gonna pay you back at zero percent interest on a thousand bucks, like, like that's what if, more fair. What if the mother-in-law said, "I'll give you uh, three thousand dollars for a down payment on the car. Pay me back before your uh, financing's done with the car. Don't care if I get it in small amounts. Don't care if I get a check for yeah, three thousand dollars. That's totally different. I would take that. Yeah, yeah. but." It, Maybe maybe offering something like that, but I just think that you'd much rather you'd much rather finance with like a banker or a car dealership than deal with a mother in law and do everything you can to keep your relationship with your mother in law intact. Yeah, that's everything you can. That's an important one. But I love that the mother in law wants a little juice on it. She yeah. wants, a, <laughs> wants a little action. Yeah, here. she's trying to get a little bit <laughs> savvy. All right, what's your bonus? Your first bonus question. My first bonus question is, Dylan, what are you going to be for Halloween? And on that same topic, what are the tr- what like what's getting overdone this Halloween? Like is Tiger King getting way too overdone? Tiger 100%. King, a hundred percent. What's the other thing? Something else happened recently that was major Halloween vibes to it. I forgot. <laughs> um, I have decided. I think I'm going to do something dinosaur slash Jurassic Park related. Ooh. Yes. Yeah, and that's obviously clever, girl. One hundred percent because of the homie. Yeah. He's just he will not he. He just like spouts off dinosaur facts to me all day long. Talks about his favorite dinosaurs. He wants to be a dinosaur for Halloween, so we can do a little combo cosmos situation there. It'd be hella cute. What if we paint your whip like the the Jeep and that? I think we're gonna paint my whip. Yeah, maybe we could wrap it. Yeah, Let's wrap the whip. We'll wrap it in the Jurassic Park <laughs> Dude, that'd uh, be tight. Jeep Wrangler. That would be so stuff. tight. That yeah. would be so tight. Um, yeah, something dinosaur related. Maybe a character from the movie, mm-hmm. or just straight up a dinosaur. I'm not sure yet. Okay, yeah. solid. Will. Not sure. Haven't thought too much about it. I do. I will say I'm going to get an absolutely aggressive costume for when we record in the studio for spooky season. I want my costume to be inconveniently, like, elaborate. You want a Lucy uh, in disguise. I'm 100% going to go to a place and rent a costume for Love way it. too much money. Love that. Yeah. I don't <laughs> want to deal with I don't want to deal with anything else. Maybe I'll go as a dude from Hamilton or something. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the year when you and Sally dressed as each other. That was really funny. Yeah, we put that together in about twelve hours. I was like, I still don't know we're going to be at this party tonight. You pulled it off. We ended up winning the uh, competition. Still have the bottle of rosé just sitting in our fridge. Haven't yeah. touched it. Sally with the full beard was a good look. I thought ha- about shaving my beard, but I didn't. Do it. <laughs> Can we do a Halloween party? We could think about it. Okay. I feel like that was a hard no. No, it's not. I just it was I, a hard maybe. I always limp into yeah. Halloween, but w- I'll be honest. Spooky season from the l- th- last year and this year has gotten me way more into Halloween, so I'm much more open to doing a Halloween party. Okay, we did like a pseudo one at Dave's. Yeah, we need to. Uh, maybe we do uh, the Merriman. Uh, no, that's Halloween that's, hour. It's the Merriman Christmas costume. Come on, hour. dude, let us do it. I don't have enough room for Halloween activities. Th- that makes it fun, dude. Christmas is just like sitting there drinking, eating appetizers. Halloween's like, like drinking games and doing stuff. Dude, we'll play beer die in your 
living room. I have a good house for for entertaining. I'll do something. Okay. Halloween party dorms. Okay. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see about it. I think I'm gonna be the 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 elf from Rudolph, the claymation series. <laughs> With the little blonde hair sticking out of his hat. <laughs> That's <laughs> actually pretty funny. And Caroline's going to be a reindeer. That's pretty funny. Yeah. I'm psyched about it. That's one of, that's one of the ideas. Okay. Uh, question number two. Which fall activity, I know you guys don't really have them down here, but which fall activity are you most excited for and or jealous of? Um, for example, pumpkin picking, apple picking, right. fall golf, fall beers, fall fits, corn mazes, oh, so haunted you throw houses, everything in there. Everything. Well, fall beer season is my favorite beer season. Of course. I think people know that. It's If you're a beer guy like I am, mm-hmm. uh, we, we wait for fall. So that, that my adult fall activity is that. Okay. Um, Parks is going to want to go to some kind of a maze pumpkin patch situation, and we probably will at some point. There are a few around town. Oh, cool. And we'll have fun doing that, and he'll, he'll probably do everything there, you know. Apple picking, all mm-hmm. that, all that crap. Get the hayride going. Yeah, paint some pumpkins and shit, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But it's fun for me too. Oh yeah. The allergies go crazy out there, but other than that, it's it's a good time. Yeah, they they do, but it, it's fun. Uh, apple picking is is a good time. You know, that's that's the traditional. Uh, oh, fall activity. beer season, though, fall man. It's just season. it's just so different. You have yeah uh, a number of shipyards in your fridge. I do. I also have some Nutty Bees, mm-hmm. and some Spotten Oktoberfest. Real good lineup. I think Real so good too. lineup I right think so there. Too. Thank you, Brett. Um, Will, what's your favorite fall activity besides the fits? <sighs> I was gonna say dressing. Yeah, dripping. Uh, yeah. Um, favorite fall activity would probably be honestly like this sounds really generic. I just like kind of going. I like going to breweries and just drinking some heavy beers sometimes. Nothing too crazy, but I really, I really do enjoy just drinking fall beers and maybe going out. I, there's nothing better than being outside with your dog with a beer in your hand. Play and fetch as it's like a little crisp outside with a like a vest mm-hmm. flannel situation. Yeah. When we went to Michigan, we went to Michigan last year for Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and there was like a light dusting of snow on the ground. I was outside, had a Bell's Two Hearted Ale in my hand mm-hmm. out of a uh, mason jar, and uh, Rosie was just running around, pouncing around the snow as I threw a little orange ball for. Her. And I have to say, it was like I looked around, heard nothing at all. Mm-hmm. That's a vibe right there. And we took a walk, and I was just like, I c- this is great. This is the perfect scenario for me. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. Oh, just, the weather's it. great. I just love it. Little breeze, so you have to have a quarter zip on the first tee. Oh, yeah. Fall golf oh. is up there. Fall golf. But you pop it on the back nine because it's, it's warming yep, up a little bit. pop it on the back nine. See, I, I grew up doing fall golf in Michigan where mm-hmm. you, you can't pop it on the back nine. Oh, yeah. You just get cold. cold the entire day, and the second you get to go inside, you just drink a strong drink and feel a little bit warmer. It's perfect. I can't. And then it's it's a hot car, cold air season mm-hmm. when you get in, and, and the car is the perfect temperature. Dave, I, I wish up. Dave was here to talk about that right now. He, he could spend an hour talking about how much he loves that. Man, I can't. I, I fucking love fall. I've never. I haven't done fall in Saratoga since I was in high school, mm-hmm. basically because I was in Boston or New York City, or here or Denver. So I'm missing the, the like literally the premier spot for yeah. fall foliage. You are like northern New England, upstate New York. Yeah, colors here don't change like they do no. up there. Oh no, unfortunately, but oh. it does get pretty crispy down here. It's nice. Totally, and I love the, the weather. Heat, but the heat subsides, and it's cool outside, and it's nice here. Humidity mm-hmm. goes away. First week but of yeah. October in Harbor Springs, Michigan. Colors are just popping. Yeah, the leaves don't popping. hit like they do up there. It's too bad. I'm, I think I'm going to get to Saratoga again this fall at some point to see the folks. But Hey, good questions, Brett. Thank you. Very I, good questions, Brett. Yeah. Did you guys have fun? Always. It was a good time. Brett, you Always. Fun. Thanks for filling in. Of course. Both of you guys, actually. Call oh, the, yeah, baby. Part of the pull pen. 
Always there. Anytime you need. Don't forget the hotline number, 888-362-6245, or write in at the link in the Twitter bio, at Mail and Podcast. We'll talk to you next week. Goodbye.